This morning we're going to read a couple of scriptures that are so very, very familiar. So be careful. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, now remember this, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in claws and laying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And then another scripture this morning that we find in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. You will keep him, this is God, God, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. You will keep them in perfect peace. I like the translation, whose mind is stayed on you. Heavenly Father, your word for your people for this day. Lord, move us out of the way and let Jesus be heard. Lord, you're here, you're here to speak. You're here to challenge our hearts. And so, Lord, help us to be ready to hear your voice in thy name. Amen. You may be seated. The scripture we read there in the book of Luke is the third announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ. It's the first one, if you remember, the first one was given to Zechariah. The second one was given to Mary, the mother of Jesus. And now to the shepherds, and here's what's interesting. The initial response of all three, Zechariah, Mary, and the shepherds was one of fear. However, the first word... And it's a message to us today. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. So this morning, I invite you, don't be afraid. This announcement of Jesus, don't be afraid. It's good news today. But let me warn you about something, about this announcement in our scripture, this news to us today demands a response. We cannot hear the announcement that the angels gave and not respond. There was Zechariah, Mary, and the shepherd. It's called reader response. I become responsible now. 
Luke is challenging us to either accept or reject this good news. He's calling us from a position of neutrality to one of decision. Now, before we get too far into the idea of this peace that the angels announced, I want to give you a little backstory in a couple of areas about this Christmas peace. First, the angel gave the shepherds a sign. You remember what the sign was? You will find the baby wrapped, good, and lying in a manger. You guys are good. I like it. This was a sign, contrary to popular expectation, that they would find Jesus in very humble circumstances. And folks, listen, you've heard that a million times when you talk about the Christmas story. It wasn't a palace. It was in a barn. Myrna and I have a barn. Did you know that? Well, it's not. It's a little barn. It's about, I don't know, 16 by 12, but it's my barn. And I was standing on my deck and I thought, what would it be like if we had gotten the knock and I put them in my barn? I'd have to move my John Deere tractor mower and make room for them. Stared at my barn the other day. Okay, that's cool. Jesus wrapped in cloth laying in a manger. Listen, this is, this is an incredible sign of, of Christ's humility. But more than that, this is a sign that Jesus identifies with you and I. Keep that in mind. Jesus, Jesus gets it. Back in chapter 1, verse 28 there in Luke, we hear the angel tell Mary she was what? Highly favored. And now this announcement to the shepherds. We hear God's favor rests on who? On those whom the angel gave the announcement. The hope of this Messiah now is spreading outside the family. The good news is going public. Finally, the shepherds got to the stable. We see that Jesus, and they observed that Jesus could not have been born. On a lower rung of the social ladder. And the fact that his birth was just faced with indifference in the hearts of people. But get it, Jesus was born into our world. That means he understands my world. He understands my life. He understands me. This morning, Jesus, I want you to know something. Jesus understands you. He was born into a world that knew very little about peace and still knows very little about peace. And he was bringing this peace that was going to pass comprehension. But why? The birth of Jesus was the beginning, as we heard last week, of this establishment of God's eternal kingdom, which is ruled by King Jesus himself. 
the kingdom that is and is to come. He has set that in motion, and we are waiting for its completion. But while we wait, we enjoy the things of God's kingdom that were brought to earth through Jesus Christ. Hope, love, joy, and today we talk about peace. We know, we know that Christmas is all about peace, right? How do you know that? Well, you sing about it. Check out the, don't worry, I'm not going to sing. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. Round young virgin, mother and child, holy infant, together and tender and mild. Sleep in what? Heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Hey, how about this one? It came upon a midnight clear. That glorious song of old, when angels bending near the earth, they touch their harps of gold. Not sure they actually played, but peace on the earth. How about this one? Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth. Wouldn't that be nice? Come on now. Wouldn't that be great to live in that kind of world? which lived in peace, to be that kind of person who is a person of peace, to live in that kind of house, that kind of family, where we experience the, this kind of peace that the angels talked about. But you see, our fragmented lives stand as a testimony to everything in our world that shows us just how little peace we experience. Here's the problem. We were talking about it in between services with someone. We get so busy that we settle into regular life, if you will. We settle into real life. Who has time to dream about peace restored when we're not sure how to make it through the day? We have bills to pay. How many have bills to pay? Now, don't raise your hand. It's okay. Because then I'd be... I'd be jealous of you that weren't raising your hand because we have bills. We got bills to pay. We got kids to drive around. We got term papers to finish. We have health problems to resolve. And like me, we have a retirement to build. Longing for peace, longing for justice, aching for better days. We just don't have the energy. And what if it never gets better? Is that really what the angels sang about that night? Was that really the proclamation that night outside of Bethlehem that they brought to the shepherd? If it was, if that was the real truth of the proclamation that the angels were making some sort of prediction in connection with the birth of Jesus, obviously it has not come to pass. The earth is not at peace. This year we saw the fighting in Ukraine, in Ethiopia, in Israel, Palestine. Next year it will be somewhere else. Historians tell us that in the last 3,000 years, only 300 years have been without war. And over 8,000 treaties have been broken. 
So, my thought is, if we've been thinking that this peace would cause conflict and combat and difficulty to cease after the birth of Jesus, then we've heard the angel's song incorrectly. But every once in a while, something cracks into my heart, your heart, and you hear the voice. There is a Prince of Peace. We long for peace because there is, listen, there is a peace giver. The peace that our world longs for comes from a desire because we know deep down inside there's a peace giver. What is this Christmas peace, this peace that the angels announced there in the field? It said his peace may be experienced by people on whom his favor rests. It's a peace, a light that shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Folks, listen, when we talk about the peace of Christ, the peace that the angels proclaimed that night, there is no darkness too dark that it will not pierce. It's this man, he, he was in the hospital and he was very close to death, and his life was ending. And so his pastor went to visit him, and he asked the question that so many pastors ask, have you made your peace with God? And the man lying on the bed, his answer, his response was, I didn't know we'd ever argued. Folks, listen, that's exactly the problem in the hearts and minds of people today. I remember back in college, which is encouraging that I can remember this. But I, was, I was thinking about, in, my, in one of my psych classes, I, I, I have a minor in psychology. My, my favorite one was studying the dsm 4 If you don't know what that is, that's the Bible for crazy people diagnosing. Don't read it because you will find yourself in there. But another book that we read in Psych, it was entitled, it was written by um, Thomas Harris or Tim Harris. It was entitled, I'm okay, you're okay. Anybody read it? Nobody's old enough to have read it. Okay, that's fine. And it kind of sums up this idea, the message that's so ingrained in our culture today that there's no way someone can't be okay with God. Because God is like this great-great-grandfather that's in a rest home somewhere far away, and, and, and he's good with everything. And, and, and if he showed up or I went and visited him, it'd be all okay. This belief in, in inherent universal, and I don't know if we have any teachers here, but I'm going to use this word, okayness. Is that all right? This inherent and, and universal okayness is one of the, I think, is one of the explanations, if you will, for all the good cheer that we see during the Christmas season. Everybody's happy. Even people without a relationship with God can be cheerful because why? Our culture has convinced them that there are miracles on 34th Street. Without God. And it is a wonderful life. 
even without any explicit reference to Jesus. But that kind of wishful thinking ignores the holiness of God. This part's not going to sound much like a Christmas message, but please hear me. God is not out there somewhere. He is here right now. I love what we sang just a few minutes ago as Chad led us, the worship team led us. It said his name is what? Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. God is here and now. And because of his holiness, folks, listen, God is offended with my sin. God is offended with our sin. He's not okay with it. It's amazing in our culture today, even within the church, all the things that are so clear in Scripture, and yet we have convinced ourselves that God says it's okay. Folks, can I I just tell you? God's told me before. God's offended by my sin. We're not naturally or automatically at peace with God. In fact, it's quite to the contrary. When we look in Scripture, the Bible tells us that those without Christ are at odds with God. Even some of the translations say we are at war with God. Folks, I don't know about you, but I would not want to be at war with the mighty God of heaven. But that's where I am without Christ. The only way that we may know the peace that the angels talked about that night outside of Bethlehem is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ who was born that evening. You look in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, it says this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ, for He Himself is our peace. The promised shalom is wrapped up in the Messiah. That's what the angels talked about that night. Peace, Christmas peace begins with peace with God, meaning that it starts right here in my heart. I would love, I would love for all the fighting around the world to stop and cease. I love it. I pray for it. I'd love to see all the violence and the hatred stop. How do we do it? Well, let's pass a new law. Can I tell you something? You can't legislate morality. Let me tell you when this world would become a world of peace. It's when every knee bows and every tongue confesses that he is Lord. That will bring peace. Everything Jesus did when he was here on earth, his teaching, his, his, his living, his dying on the cross, his being raised from the dead, was designed for one reason, and that was to reconcile my life to the living God. This morning, I don't know what that does in your heart, but to realize that through Jesus Christ, I can be reconciled to Father God. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. That's why in the New Testament, we hear His peace has been offered 
Check it out, Romans 5.1. Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the good news that brings joy to our life. So how do I become a recipient of this peace? God has provided the way through Jesus Christ. He has provided a way for everyone to experience peace. Listen, peace that God is talking about is not just for you or you or you and not for you or you. It's for everyone. Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and that is not from yourselves. It is a what? Gift from God. Here we are at Christmas. That's that gift from God. The amazing thing that I think we learn here is that there's no longer any conditions. There's no conditions to define us as unworthy or disqualified or or excluded. You might feel excluded by some colossal moral failure in your life or a persistent habitual sin you can't seem to overcome. You might feel defined by someone who... I don't know, maybe you've experienced rejection in your life. That's a tough one. But this morning, I want to tell you that this peace allows us to not allow our failures to define who we are. We don't let our sin define us. We don't let what other people have said or done define us. Through the peace with God, a recipient of God's grace, that is ultimately what will define us. No matter where you've been or who you've been with or no matter what you've been up to or how long you've been away, that's the invitation of the good news, the gospel, coming to a right relationship with God the Father. That is what Christmas peace is all about. It's not... It's not coming to church and sitting and listening to good music and good word maybe that lifts your heart. Folks, listen, that's all worthless without that personal relationship with Christ. So there's three promises that, that I find in this piece this morning that I want to leave with you. The first one is the fact that this peace that the angels spoke about broke into darkness that night. Could you imagine being a shepherd? (laughs) Are you game? Okay, close your eyes. I see you peeking. Close your eyes. I'll have an usher come down and tap you if you're not. Shh. to God in the highest. Did that scare anybody? I think we have a defibrillator back there if you need it. It was dark and the angels burst into this darkness with a message. It is it is a peace that pierces the darkness of our past. Number one, the angel's song that night gives us hope and peace from our past. 
If there's anything in your past that still causes you shame, that causes you embarrassment, that, that there's a sense of guilt in your heart, I want you to know this morning the proclamation of the promise of the angels to bring peace can be yours. And all those things be gone. If there's anything in your past that brings you maybe sadness, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's grief, Maybe, maybe it's loneliness. Can I tell you, because of the proclamation of the angels that night, you can have peace. Regret over things you've said or done, you can have peace. This proclamation promises it. The Bible says, and I love it, He's removed our sins as far as what? The east, uh, east from west, I'm not sure my direction's in here, but you get the idea. Psalms 23 says what? Check it out. He restores my soul. He makes it new. The slate wiped clean. All things become new. That's what this piece is about. It's also a piece that breaks into the darkness of our, of our present. Our, our today, our right now. When the Savior Jesus was at the end of his life, he said to his followers in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Oh, there it is again, just like the angels. Jesus said, don't, don't be afraid. Oh man, our world promises all kinds of peace, right? In numbers of ways. We're bombarded with information and advertisement that promises we'll really know peace if we just purchase this right product. I, I love staying up late and watching the Home Shopping Club. They have some amazing stuff. They have these, this one... This one was selling these, uh, these things that you put on uh, your knees and it gives you like, man, you can start doing lit, you know, squats and everything as an old man. I thought, man, I need four of them. So I looked on the internet and guess what? There's about 260 million companies selling the same thing. And they all say one thing. If you take this, if you put this on, you'll know, you'll know peace. It'll change your situation. Many of us believe that real peace comes through maybe financial security. I hope you succeed financially in the coming year. But don't ever put your hope, don't ever require that to bring you peace in your life. Go to a bookstore and read the self-help section. Tons of books talking about how you can change who you are and what you are and how you can be at peace with yourself. Let me tell you this morning, the only way that you will experience the peace that the angels announced is when you have that right relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, the books, the money, the ideas, the products will do absolutely nothing. Oh, it'll, it'll bring you a little bit of peace for a little while, but it's all fading away. 
That's why this message of peace that the angels brought is so important. Because it brings us peace today. Because everything in this world is temporary. Some people think that being at peace is being without trials and troubles, the absence of pain and suffering and heartache. Now, that kind of peace, while admittedly nice, could, cannot be sustained in this broken world in which we live. So we need a peace that transcends our circumstances, amen, that allows us to rise above the urgency of the immediate, that allows us to have a peaceful heart amid the chaos that defines our contemporary life. That's part of what the angel's song was about. And if the worries of today are eating at you, I want to tell you the peace that the angels talked about tonight is a peace that breaks into the darkness of our present. Yeah, you can already figure out what the third one is, right? This peace that the angels proclaimed that night breaks into the darkness of our future. Anxiety about the future will always rob us of our peace. Let's get real personal. Let's get real right now. I'm going to read some statements. Do they, any of them sound familiar? What if my loved one dies? What if my company goes under and I lose my job? What if I, what if I lose my health? What if my spouse leaves me? What, what, ha, what if uh, unspeakable tragedy comes my way? The truth is that any of those things can happen. Are we real today? Any of those things could happen to any of us today. However, dwelling on those things, dwelling on our worst fears does nothing to prevent them. But it does rob us of our peace. Have you ever considered that in many ways the world didn't really dramatically change when Jesus was born? I mean, right away, Herod wanted to do what? He wanted to kill all the babies. That doesn't sound like peace to me. How about Jesus' own life? When he went to trial and was humiliated and beaten, flogged, and then eventually crucified. Doesn't sound like peace to me. As we heard earlier, history shows that from the time of Jesus until today, There was some kind of conflict somewhere. Human cruelty, the lack of regard for the sanctity of life has, has always been with us. I'm not sure if it's any better today than it, or worse than it was the, in the, Jesus' day. But listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me... In me, you may have peace. 
In this world, you will have trouble. Anybody have any trouble this week? Two of you. Great. The rest of you, that's amazing. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have what? Overcome the world. That's good news. That's what the angels proclaimed. This peace that breaks into the darkness of our lives, our past, our present, and our future, just like the light that came over the shepherds there. The, sa- the Savior that, that the angels sang about, is it, that song is still alive today in our world. In a very real sense, it's, it's being sung even this morning. The angels didn't sing the chorus and then go back to heaven and polish their halos. I think if we could get a glimpse of heaven right now today, we would hear them singing the same song. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace on men to whom his favor rests. You see, in the original language, and we, we, we usually read it, goodwill towards men. I mean, Linus proclaimed it, right, in Charlie Brown's Christmas. That's, that's a good one, too, by the way. But that's, but that's not at all what the original Hebrew communicates. It's not about goodwill toward men. It's all about whom his favor rests on. There's a difference. Hundreds of years ago, before Jesus was even born, the prophet Isaiah said in, in Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, we sang it, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and what? Prince of Peace. I'm not talking about a peace that the world would see. I'm talking about a peace that comes because of the reality that God is with us. Peace can be found no matter what the circumstances. My last verse that I shared with you this morning in our reading was from Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. And it simply says this, you will keep in perfect peace. That means God. God, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast, whose minds are stayed on you because they trust in you. And as we close this morning, I want you to see in this verse that there's two parts. There's God's part and there's our part for experiencing this peace that we're talking about this morning. The first one is God's part. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in you is our part. God's part simply says you will keep in perfect what? Peace. I like that. To daily provide a double portion of peace. This is an ongoing daily thing. You will keep them in perfect peace. This is in the, in the imperfect tense, which means that it has not been completed. Isn't that good news? That will keep them in perfect peace. It's not one and done. It's ongoing. God will daily provide for us this peace. Then in the Hebrew, this idea of shalom is not simply peace. It's best translated as peace, peace. Isn't that interesting? 
We say shalom. Original Hebrew says peace, peace. You see, it's a double portion that God gives. It's all I need and then some. My part is to keep my mind stayed on Him and trust in Him. How do we do that? Two ways that we keep our mind stayed on Him. Number one, we desire the Lord's, the purposes of Jesus, the Lord's purpose in spite of our present trials. We desire the Lord's purpose. That's why Jesus could say in the, in the, in the garden, what did He say? Not my will, but thy will be done. And the second thing is simply that we hunger for the Lord's presence more than we do His provision. We hunger for God's presence more than we do His provisions in our life. So the question this morning is, what in your life, what in my life needs a double portion of God's peace? This is where the sermon starts or stops. And this is where Jesus begins to speak. How about your own relationship with Jesus? Are you at peace? Maybe there's something that's stealing away your peace this morning. Maybe there's difficulty. Maybe there's trial. Maybe there's just this huge cloud hanging over you and you just need peace. Maybe there's a relationship in your life that God needs to bring peace to. You just need Jesus to overwhelm it. Maybe it's something out ahead of you. I, I don't know. But guys, listen. What I just said, I, I, I get it. I understand. I've been there. In 42 years of marriage, almost 43 now, Myrna's a very patient lady. Can I tell you, there's been times that we thought about just quitting. Until we allowed the peace of Jesus to heal. Can I tell you there's been fears in my life that so gripped me that I couldn't even function until the peace of Jesus came to hold me? I guess what I'm trying to tell you this morning, I, I was going to start it off by just saying I, I just want to be true and honest and real with you this morning. I don't have any desire to preach a message. I don't have any desire to be eloquent in what I say. I don't have any desire to stimulate you intellectually. What I want you to know is that when Jesus came in Bethlehem and the announcement came that, he, that there would be peace on earth on whom God's favor rests, it is those who come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ that we find peace. then I wish I could promise you that after that, everything's good. 
but stuff is going to come into your life. Young people's stuff is going to come into your life and the peace that you sense is going to be disrupted. Can I just invite you to the manger this morning? I don't know who you are, but if you are honest with yourself, there's a disruption of peace in your life. And the peace giver was born that night in Bethlehem. And he's ready to give you peace over whatever it is in your life. You say, Pastor, how do you know? How do you know where I'm at? I'll just play the law of averages. I know this is recorded and broadcast. Can I tell you that there's a disruption of peace in Myrna's life over a grandchild? But I am so glad that I can go to Jesus and he will speak peace into that situation. I don't know where you are this morning, but this is what we're going to do. I don't even know what time church is supposed to be over, so that's good. Because what are you going to do, fire me? <laughs> but guys, listen, we're, we're dealing with something here this morning. That if you were honest, there's a disruption of peace. And you just need, you just need, you just need the, the angels to proclaim that over you this morning. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite you while Chad sings. These, these are altars up here. And sometimes they're kind of scary. I, they put them all the way up front, you know? Sometimes I think the altars ought to be in the back. That way people didn't know if you were leaving or praying. But it's a good place to meet God. But so is your seat. I wonder this morning you just say I just need that, that announcement from the angels over me in this area of my life some of you just bow your heads and start listening to Jesus as Chad sings and you're welcome to come and pray God bless you as you listen to Jesus this morning and I have a And hears 
Father God, we uh, think about that night where the shepherds were in the field and you, you burst into the darkness. It says there was a great light. You burst into the darkness. And right now, Jesus, those who have come to seek peace in their life in some area, I pray that just as you did that night and just outside of Bethlehem, Lord God, that you'd burst in right now with the light of your presence and your peace in their heart. Father, we pray that you'd be with each and every one of us, Lord, as we consider, Lord, that the, those areas, Lord, where we just need Jesus to shatter the darkness with his peace. Lord, during this time of celebration of your birth, may we be reminded again, Lord, that you are the Prince of Peace. It's not the temporal things of this world. It's not the things that we can see, but it's the things, oh God, it's that thing that you do in our heart when we just surrender ourselves to you and say, Jesus, I need your peace. And so, Lord, I pray across this whole congregation, there may be some that are sitting in their seat and they're praying the same prayer. They're saying, God, I need peace. I need peace in this relationship. I need peace in this situation at work. I need peace in my heart over anxiety. Lord, I pray that your peace would just be overwhelming here this morning. Lord, we thank you that, man, we do more than just show up at church and do a few things, but we get to meet the Prince of Peace. Thank you for meeting with us today, Lord. And thank you for answering the prayers of those who have asked for this peace. And may the peace of Christ dwell in you richly. A peace that passes all understanding. Jesus, we get it. And now, Lord, may, we, may it be a reality to us in your name.